Hello friends and welcome to another episode of Dark Side of the Word. My name is Kate and I'm here with my co-host CJ. Hey everybody. And this week's podcast is our content recap where we're going to tell you guys what we've watched, what we've read, anything of the sort so we can sort out the bad stuff so you don't have to sit and sludge through it like we did. Indeed. And to give everyone a quick update on my life, I am in the middle of moving haven so if i sound more deranged than usual there's a reason (laughs) moving is one of the top what is it the top three things that are most stressful it's getting married buying a house and moving so dude getting married was way easier to me than what i'm doing now yeah yeah i mean it wasn't planning a wedding was not fun for me anyway but definitely buying a house was way more stressful and i imagine moving from another place would be stressful too i haven't done it in a while yeah, I'm trying to move across country. I'm trying to fit my house into a single six-foot pod, which mm. most people are like, oh, I had a two-bedroom house. It's so easy. And I sit here like, okay, technically I have a two-bedroom house, but uh, do you play the drums? Do you have a massive library? Do you have craft supplies? Because now I feel <laughs> like the amount of stuff I'm packing is equivalent to a six-bedroom mansion. Yeah, that's pretty much why I'm not going to move again, even if my house feels too small. I don't want to pack all this shit up because we now we've been here eight years. We filled every room and we don't have like a huge house, but every room is filled. I don't want to pack that shit up again. Nope. Stay in here. Exactly. This is the longest I've ever lived somewhere. We've lived in this house for five years and you can tell we've lived in this house for five years. Yeah. It's amazing the crap you can just amass in a short amount of time. I've already taken uncounted number of trips to donate stuff and I'm already having to like get rid of legit furniture in place of books because you know books greater than furniture (laughs) yes definitely you can sit on books too they can be furniture I'm assuming books are cheaper to replace (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so now I'm just in hell we're trying to pack it up we're trying to make it fit it's just stressful so we're just gonna distract me by talking about what we've consumed in the last 30-ish days I think that's a good idea. And I think a great place to start would be our October reading challenge. Since we're now in November, we have completed, at least I'm hoping, CJ, you completed yours. All except one, and that's only because it didn't come in from the library. Boo, don't they know this is important? This is a challenge. I know, right? Well, it's on its way now. On on Halloween, <laughs> I got the notification that it is en route to my library. I'm like, God damn it. But I will take it whenever I can get it. I was going to say, are you like going to still... Really read it now or are you going to wait oh i'm gonna read October? it now. definitely okay. gonna read it okay. now did you read the one with the dad and the girls i did i did read okay. that one okay because we uh, let, need... it was let me in by william friend and it was okay. good it was that de- you should not read that because there oh, was a no. lot of like bed stuff happening oh, that god. would freak you out it would freak you out oh god yeah. it was well, a good read though the worst part is that i feel like as we're packing at my house the whatever alternate reality is realizing we're leaving and it's trying to creep in while I'm still here. <laughs> we've had a few spooky things happen in the house since all of said really? packing up has happened. Yes. Yeah, so really, I'm really like, oh, I heard footsteps like two days ago. Oh God, I'm getting chills. I'm getting <laughs> chills. Oh my God. They say that like when you do like a reno or rearrange things or may I guess move that it can stir up spirit activity. So good job. Like, refusing to look into my video on this call because I don't want to see Oh, God, now I'm going to be scared to look at you the entire time. 
Oh my God. What, what do I do if I see something behind you? I have like my other monitor covering up half the screen. What if it appears on that side of the screen I and I don't, I don't see it and then I you're dead? Know. I don't want to know. I can't edit this by myself. Don't die. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. Maybe don't tell me. Okay. No, if it appears on my right, your left, I won't know because that's hidden by my notes. So good okay. luck with that. All right, cool. Well, let's um, so how was your reading challenge, CJ? <laughs> okay, so um, like I said, I've just about finished all the books on my October spooky reading list. Uh, so over the next few months, I'm going to have plenty of book recommendations for everybody. Today, I'm just going to talk about two books that I read, which are on very opposite ends of the recommendation spectrum. Oh, no. Yeah. We're going to start with the good one, though. So the okay. good one was The September House by Carissa Orlando, which gets all the stars from me. It is fucking fantastic. So the September house is about a woman who lives in a very haunted house all year long. But September is the month where the haunting really ratchets into high gear. And this happens every year like clockwork. September 1st, extra ghosts start appearing. The thing in the basement starts getting even more powerful. And by the end of the month, all hell is pretty much breaking loose in this house. So this book has a lot of ghostly horror and a little bit of gore when it comes to describing how these ghosts came to be, you know, how they were murdered and by whom. Overall, though, it's firmly a supernatural horror book, not a slasher horror book, um, which is a large reason why I loved it, but not the only reason. Uh, as so my... could you just take a vacation during September? So I was wondering that, too. That was like one of my main questions. And I can't really answer it because this book you really have to read not knowing anything you have to go into it blind because it will just amaze you and impress you and just blow you away hmm. so i can't i can't answer that but i was thinking that too and that, <laughs> that question gets answered about halfway through the novel okay so we do have an answer okay good because if you told me there was no answer i would also be like well that, that you're just way too out there i mean the short answer is that the woman who lives there loves this house and doesn't want to leave it's like her dream okay. home ghosts aside but there's also a more intense reason, um, which you will C find out if you read the book. CJ, would you stay? <laughs> um, <laughs> again, there's there's one or two things that might make me stay because this there's some ghosts there that are very entertaining. There's one ghost that brings her tea all the time. And I was like, that is the best ghost ever. I could deal with that. The other ghost, though, fuck no. I'm not dealing with that shit. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So... It is definitely spooky. It definitely raised a lot of questions. Um, and one of the reasons I loved it is that, you know, my favorite horror stories tend to be all over the spectrum. Like, it's multifaceted. There are plenty of scares in this book, but it's also darkly funny. There's hatred in the book, but there's also a lot of love. It just tugs at a lot of emotions and complex topics. It tackles marriage, difficult mother-daughter relationships, aging, friendship. You know, I laughed, I cried, I cheered, I cowered in fear. It was a good time. Um, and like I said, I won't say anything more because you really need to go into it with fresh eyes. But I will say that the last 40 pages of The September House blew me away. I was not expecting it. And it was fantastic. Carissa Orlando is my new favorite horror author. And I cannot wait to see what she puts out next. Whenever and whatever that is, I will be reading it. Okay. Should I read it? No. Really? <laughs> you should not. I mean, you could try. I could read a lot scarier. That's true. You can't. Like, episode 13 didn't scare me. It just gave me a few, like, creepy crawlies on the back of my neck. I feel like I'm not as good a judge of spookiness factor anymore because I am so immune to things <laughs> that <laughs> I wouldn't, I didn't find this book scary, but there's definitely a lot of scary elements. So if you're not used to 
anything scary like I am, it would definitely freak you the fuck out. Okay, I'm going to read it. But I'm going to okay. wait till October. I'm adding it to October of an next Okay, year. I think it's, a, I recommended it to a coworker of mine the other day, and he finished it in like two days, and he loved it. So I've already recommended it to somebody else, and they said it was a good pick. So I think okay. if you're going to try okay. yourself with a scary story, you should give this one a shot. You should have saved it for the podcast, woman. Oh, I know. I, I can't <laughs> tell. I couldn't tell. And I was just too excited. I didn't want to wait till like next October to read it. So <laughs> it just came out, and I was like, I'm getting my hands on this thing. Okay. I read it. Now, what is your sucky book? Oh, God. Okay, here we go. So however much I love The September House, this is how much I loathe this book. It is called Hell House by Richard Matheson. Now, people who love spooky books may recognize this title. If you Google scariest books you'll ever read or 50 horror novels you need to read, Hell House will most likely pop up on a lot of those lists. I've seen it recommended for years. It's always been on my TBR list, but this was the year I decided to read it. Oh, it's from 1971. Yes. So I don't okay. want to go into too much detail here because I do plan on posting a full book review of Hell House on wellreadtart.com in the coming months. And yes, I will preface what I am about to say with the fact that Hell House was written in the 1970s by a man. And it was published in the 1970s when I believe most of the publishing house editors and executives were also men. Read into that what you will as I begin this. Hell House is disgusting and not in a horror sense, in a pervy, lecherous, rapey sense. Oh. Yeah. I was not expecting that. You know, on the lesser side of being wrong, Hell House is filled with mansplaining and male characters who are filled with an annoying amount of machismo and sense of their own importance. But on the greater and definitely more alarming side of being wrong, Hell House is composed of many gratuitous and sometimes horrific sexual acts, ranging from forced lesbian sex to prepare yourselves, everyone, being raped by the splintering wooden phallus of a Jesus statue. I'll just let that sink in for a minute. So, you know, I'm not an idiot. I know that many horror stories incorporate sexual violence as a way to induce terror and with a lot of success. You know, The Exorcist, for example, has Reagan masturbating with the crucifix, which is a scene that really shocked viewers back in the day and still shocks a lot of people now who are watching it. Rosemary's Baby is another one, a woman raped by the devil, terrifying. I feel like the difference between, say, that scene in The Exorcist and what happens in Hell House is that the scene in The Exorcist is sexual, but it's not supposed to be sexy. The audience very clearly knows what's happening is wrong, and we're supposed to feel very uncomfortable about it. Hell House is different. I feel like the author takes great pleasure in depicting such horrific, non-consensual sexual violence and dehumanizing women. There are phrases in this book that make me think the author was jacking off every time he wrote a paragraph, and that he was writing these scenes to help other disturbingly like-minded men jack off, and I am just not here for that. If this book were submitted to an agency or a big five publisher today, it would be immediately scrapped, and somebody would probably report this guy to the police. So if someone tells you to read Hell House, take that recommendation with a grain of salt. Yeah. There you go. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Okay. Yeah. DJ. Okay. Yeah. It was disturbing. So hopefully you have better book recommendations to give. I mean, I don't know if I have, like, book recommendations, but I'm happy to report that I got through my entire list except for one book because by the time I reached my point of needing to read Nosfori 2, I was just kind of over the murder thing. Oh, like yeah, serial I hear killer, you. darkness. I was just, I wanted more spooky than like thrillers. Because yeah, you had a lot of like thriller stuff in there, didn't you? Yeah. And I had previously before October read some thriller stuff and I was just like, I can't do mm. it. So I did skip that one. 
but because of the move and some family stuff that happened, I wasn't actually able to then delve into my reserve title list because I had three books Mm -hmm. that I want. I specifically picked because I was thinking I would not finish every book that I was going to end up DNFing a few of them. Mm -hmm. I actually thought I would DNF NOS 4A2, but I ended up not (laughs) even touching it. So I would like to say I'm a winner because I did refinish the list overall. Yay! I read the Cassie Blake series by V.E. Schwab. I read the whole thing in three days. Love it to death. Even though it's middle grade, she did not write it down. It's for adults, too. How how many books are there in that series? There are three. Oh, that's it? Okay. I'm hoping she writes more. And honestly, it's middle grade. You can read a book in a day. I think I read a book. It took me an hour and a half to read each book. I read the first one. I really liked it. And yeah, I got through it really, really quickly. Well, I recommend finishing the series. She ends it really, really well. It's all wrapped up. It's super believable. The third book has a lot of fun in like a cool, spooky way. There's a lot of fun in it. Cassidy's personality really comes out in the other two books. I Mm. loved it. Then I read episode 13, which I did mostly like until the end. Yeah, I hated the end. (laughs) The ending was just awful. Awful. I think one of my biggest problems was that it it felt there was so much distance because of the style of writing that was used because Mm -hmm. it was done more of script formats or journal entries it wasn't actually any narrative to it so it kept a distance to the book and I wasn't able to really delve in Mm -hmm. and because of all the different characters in it that were shown it was just really hard for me so I liked it I didn't mind reading it but it was I won't be shouting Mm -hmm. at it then I read the whisper man which I really didn't like Oh, that's right. You were not a fan. Yeah, I was so not a fan of that book. I was bored. Okay, you <laughs> and my best friend both gave this book five stars. I do recall liking this one an awful lot. Yes, and I feel that you both told me that it was spooky and scary and you could not believe the book. So I went in going, this is going to be good, and I hated every moment of it. I remember it being spooky, but then also making me afraid of child kidnappings. I think you thought it was spooky because the little boy had, like, invisible best friends. Because there was the boy on the floor, and there was his Mm. best friend at school, the invisible best friend. That didn't spook me out at all because it was too realistic. Kids have imaginary friends. Like, that was not spooky for me. But the whole thing of the kidnappings and even the serial killerness of it... All I saw were the same themes being played out again. In the book or as in other books? In the book as in other books. Like the whole okay. same, okay, we have the detective that fell too hard into his work and lost mm, everything. And there wants the redemption in the end. However, because there was one narrative in first person, the rest were in third, I expected a very different ending because of the way it was written. And okay. I was kind of, that's what kept me going because I was kind of excited that in some way the different narrations and point of views were going to reveal a story plot in the end and it didn't and that made it even more annoying to me Uh, why use like first person i would even say present tense versus every other character having a third person narration it didn't like fit to Mm -hmm. the story and it didn't actually help so that annoyed the crap out of me then i read white fox which is by sarah fairing and if anyone has been following my blog for a while they know that i gave her her debut book a one star and oh, threw the book oh, across you were the brave room. to try another one by her. And that, that had all to do with the ending because the book was really, really, really good until the ending. The, the other one or the one the you other just one. read? The okay. other one. So I was kind of like, okay, maybe someone, you know, she got really bad reviews on it. She realized where she mm-hmm. went wrong. Let's give her another chance because I think she has a lot of potential. But 
as I've learned, she can't write endings to save her life. <laughs> and I endings think she hard. did get really scared by mm-hmm. her feedback with the first book that she uh, watered her sophomore book down so much that everything I liked about her was missing and it just lacked anything to anchor the story anywhere. That's disappointing. However, she did make one reference to her first book which I don't want to give away because it gives away the whole end of the book but there was one small reference that I was like oh I like that nod thank you Mm -hmm. thank you I really appreciate it but so I read that and then I had Hyde which if anyone's listened to our podcast book club you'll know all about that I'm not going to tell you guys here then I read The Hollow Places which oh my fucking lord I think she's my new favorite author she's fantastic holy crap Kingfisher is amazing the Hollow Places was the best book. Yeah. In a really, I was blown away. I will shout this. I'm ready to read every book by her. I am ready. Yeah, she's, she's good. First off, a whimsical horror book. Can this be a new genre? People want cozy horror, but what about whimsical, whimsical. horror? But still terrifying. She reminds me of so much of Shauna McGuire because it's the I same kind of... Oh, she, she does this amazing novella series. I recommend getting it from your library because they're small. Mm-hmm. Don't want to deal with them. Sorry if anyone's hearing anything. My dog is wandering around the house. So he's clomping around. I thought maybe it was the ghost <laughs> and I was going to have to like do some like shit over the computer to exercise you or something. Just throw the holy water. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. But if you can find her Wayward Children series at the library, it's so much fun. It's about these children who disappear through these portal doorways because they don't fit in the world they live in. However, something happens, they end up getting stuck back in the real world, and they all end up, because of their psychological issues, all end up coming to live together at the Wayward Home, or at the Home for Wayward Children. And most of the time, the book is just them searching to go back to the the world that they lost. But it's heartfelt. It's, I recommend it. It's so good. It leans a little on fancy, but not a massive Mm. amount. But the style of writing is the same. She does this yeah. whimsy of lightheartedness that Kingfisher was pulling off. And what I loved about Kingfisher is even though the story is absurd, let's be honest, yeah. the hollow place, that doesn't exist. However, she kept it so grounded in reality. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't want to give away the story, but I feel that I want to say this one thing, which is essentially a lot of times people will end up into the other alternative world or wherever the story takes them, and they don't mm-hmm. end up ever getting to come back. And the horror happens there, and they probably die, and they lose their ability yep. to come back to Earth, and that's what happens. However... <laughs> <laughs> that is not what Kingfisher does. They're able to come back, which was the scariest part of the whole book for me, is that yeah. period. CJ's nodding her head because she knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I love it. I loved how it ended. I loved everything about it. The writing was great. The characters, the coffee shop guy. Oh, he was hilarious. I loved him. I'm in love. That literally made my entire October. That is awesome. You should read The Twisted Ones. I always get okay. The Twisted Ones and The Hollow Places confused, but it's The Twisted okay. Ones. That's the first T. Kingfisher book I read, and it okay. is similar. It's less sci-fi than The Hollow Places. But you know I love sci-fi, so. But it's so good. It's so creepy, and it has a lot of what you like in this one, too. I'm reading them all. Yeah. So whatever I can get my hands on. Yeah. And then I finished up with The Beast is an Animal, which is more of a, how do you word it? castle time periods you know like renaissance uh, medieval kind of medieval-ish fantasy horror about this family this mother and her daughters because she has twins and the town stops losing 
or it starts losing its crops and its animals and they think it's to do to the fact that the mother had twins so they get ostracized out mm-hmm. into the forest and the dad stays in town to quote protect them and bring them back but he ends up like moving on with his life blah, blah, blah. so they take revenge and then at one point kill the whole town and then one little girl like survives and how she defeats so it's kind of that it was interesting i appreciated the atmosphere it was very atmospheric read mm-hmm. for some reason i was thinking it was like a beauty and the beast retelling and a haunted version oh. the beast is an animal yeah i don't know okay, why i, I got that, that impression it was okay i mean i didn't hate reading it but the ending fell flat yeah i mean it was okay so that was my october reads but i'm really I- proud i really stuck with it it was hard with everything going on but i did it were you gonna read the winter people by jennifer mcmahon Mm-mm. No, the, the reserve books I had were *The Orphan of Cemetery Hill*, *Only Good Indians*, and *The Final Girl Club* or whatever by Gertie Hendricks. Okay, you should add *Winter People* by Jennifer okay. McMahon to your list for next year. That is one of my favorite horror books. Jennifer McMahon is a brilliant writer. She's written a ton of books. Not all of them are, are great, but this one just stands out amongst all of them. It's okay. so creepy and it's scary. Not thrillery correct it's scary it's haunting she does hauntings usually okay and her new one is a bit of a demonic possession but this is haunting over horror for the time being and i'm not horror sorry wow this is a horror mish ish podcast (laughs) i don't mean that i'm over thrillers yes yes (laughs) i need to keep my mouth shut i've almost ruined everything (laughs) the winter people is about a woman whose daughter dies and she tries to bring her daughter back from the dead. Okay. And she kind of succeeds. Okay. All right. It's so good. And then I know everyone's been dying to hear our thoughts on this, but fall of the house of Usher friends. (laughs) Yeah. That's my take on it. (laughs) CJ didn't finish it. I did. I stopped after a little bit into episode three because I just couldn't take it anymore. It was so bad. And I slept through like the middle part of the entire series and then woke up for the last two episodes. Which is also not a ringing endorsement for the series. <laughs> I, I do want to say there's going to be a few spoilers. Yeah. For the listeners, because I want to say a few things that kind of spoil the show, but it really shouldn't. But it will. So I'm just going to like put the warning out there. Skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. But it, we all know is that isn't a spoiler. That it's based on Edgar Allan Poe. Yes, um, but I I've never read that book. It was it's the ha- the Fall of the House of Usher, right, by Edgar Allan Poe or the yes. House of Usher. I've never read that one by him, so I did not know anything about the plot going in. I haven't either. Actually, Edgar Allan Poe isn't my favorite author. Like a Same. lot of horror readers, like I just can't get into him. He's okay. I wouldn't he's okay. say he's my favorite. Exactly. I've read the typical like Tall Tale Heart and then the House one, I forget what it's called, and then The Raven because everyone I feel like has to read The Raven in school. Yeah, exactly. So it's all based on a lot of post stories. So the main plot line throughout the series is The Fall of the House of Usher. Then they have a lawyer in it, which is based on a character from his only full-length novel. But what essentially happens is if anyone's read The Fall of the House of Usher, a guy makes a deal, not with the devil, but with somebody, because he made it very clear it was not the devil, okay. to essentially live the perfect life, never be committed for any of the crimes they ever commit. All, all they have to give up is that two weeks before the guy would die anyway, his entire line will die before him. So that's the whole point. 
you pretty much get that idea within like the first or second episode. You don't know why they're dying per se, but you know that they're all going to die and that like how did I feel like in the first episode, you just see what Carla Gugino, whatever her name is, show up. And I'm like, oh, you're obviously a demon (laughs) who's going to make a deal for somebody's soul or whatnot. So I know what's going to happen. So the middle episodes, the six middle episodes, because, woo, he has six kids. Are each one of their deaths, which is supposedly based on more Edgar Allan Poe stories. They each died based on Edgar Allan Poe. So that's what I'm giving away is the reveal. Because I want to say that as watching this series, the reasons I, reasons that I kept watching Mike Flanagan and for me, like shows, and mm-hmm. I've done this every year for the last five years, is because of his spooky, his twistiness, his creep factor. Not for gruesome deaths. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. And I was so disappointed. And I didn't know you were too, because you made yeah. it to a couple of deaths. Dude, the last one was the worst. Uh, the first one was pretty bad. So I'm glad I bowed out before yeah, we got no, any but, further. But I don't even want to know. Worse. Don't tell me. I um, probably should have I already known. did tell you. all night long. Did you? I already, thank, thank God yeah. I forgot. On previous <laughs> conversation, I already told you. Good. Anyway, so it gets really boring. I slept through them all because I was just like, what <laughs> the fuck is the point? We know it's going to happen. There's not going to be a saving grace because the show yeah. starts with them already dead. Yeah, we all know they are, they're all dead. So yeah. the mystery's gone. Yeah. Just how they're... do they die? And I really don't care. And I feel like it's just a game of how disgusting can we make this each way that they die? And I'm just not there for that. There was no creep factor. No. Also, I feel... yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. I'll... Also, there's a heartfeltness to his stories. Haunting of Blind Manor is one of the mm. most heartfelt, spookier things of just the love and the family. And even the Red Room in The Haunting of Hill House has the most like heartfelt like part about it, too. It's just there's this warm family aspect in every book. Or sorry, book. Every show that <laughs> was completely missing from Fall of the House. Not sure. The essence of who Flanagan in is, was missing. Yeah. The reason I watched this was missing. I wasn't spooked at all. No. At all. Nothing nothing was scary except how bad it was. That scared me. I mean, the whole time (laughs) you sit there because he's telling the story. I also hate narrative storylines like that where it's like a story within a story. I hate it. I hate it. The only one that works is Princess Bride. Hate it. But he's sitting there talking to the one guy and the whole time that door is open behind him, right? Like you saw it. Yeah. So I'm staring into the dark depths yeah. of that door, expecting a Flanagan reveal. Nothing. Nothing. It Nothing. Was <sighs> yeah. So it's, pointless. That's the same reason I started watching. I watched The Haunting of Hell House. I really liked that I one. And yes, it. it had gore, you know, like the autopsy in it. But it was still a lot of ghosts and, you know, a lot of scares. And like you said, a lot of emotional connections with characters. But it was it was scary. It was ghosting. That's why I liked it. And I, I tried Blind Manor. I couldn't get into it. I loved Midnight Mass, but oh, I still I feel that. like a lot of those were supernaturally. This one just felt like gratuitous gore. And I feel like that's how it developed with American Horror Story, too. Like, I love the first season of American Horror Story. The second season, it just started to get a little bit too gory for me and relying more on that than, like, spookiness. And then by the third season, they completely lost me because I just didn't want to watch people get tortured in every damn episode. Have you seen, like, the previews for the newest season? I refuse. I refuse to watch because I probably can't handle it. I can't do gore and torture and all that stuff. So I just want ghosts. Just give me ghosts. See, Honey, or Midnight Club, 
was my second favorite of his, which came out last year. I and love was, that one. That was really good. It was good. so heartfelt and sweet and spooky. And I swear, they set it up for a season two. And I'm sitting here like, where's my season two? Because you left so much open-ended. Yeah. What is up with that house and the, the tattoos and the the crazy lady who has the con commune bullshit in the forest? That's right. Yes, they left it open. They left it so open-ended. And then it's we're not getting a season two. And I feel like that episode, I don't know what the actor's name is, but in the Midnight Club, the guy who has, I think it's cancer or something, maybe it's Hodgkin, I don't know. They all all had something. Um, But he, I think he was dating another girl in the show, like in the episodes, but he was not doing well and he was very sickly in the show. And they made him like this sexy character in the fall of Usher. (laughs) And I just, I could not get my mind there because I just imagined him, this frail, sickly boy from the last show, and he is now typecast as that. Maybe if they hadn't put him in such a different role, like if he hadn't been this sex-crazed 19-year-old or whatever it was, I could have maybe gotten past that initial viewpoint of him but no no this was too too deep a plunge in the other direction and i just was like no no <laughs> and then with carla gugino what i can't even know how to say your name but how she she was like the demon and he was going toward her on the bed i'm like oh no man i'm like it's like your mother what are you doing i couldn't do I it she's such just a lovable mother in haunting and fell house yeah it was, that was a misstep that was a misstep yeah, yeah sucks i just do i have a sixth one in me to give him another chance if he does it again i mean i will because i feel like there's not a lot of good horror out there so i'm always looking for some true so i will give it a shot though i keep hearing good things about talk to me everyone's obsessed with it i have to watch that is it out on streaming yet i don't think free streaming yet i have to (laughs) watch party with a friend (laughs) free as in like you're already paying subscription yeah (laughs) yeah like i don't want to pay the 25 dollars for it Ugh, i know right yeah but yes also yes i was gonna say with the fall of the house of usher so the main reason i tuned in was spookiness i was hoping for good spooky vibes the other is that i have a girl crush on actress kate siegel in these flanagan shows so I love her curly hair and her gorgeous eyes. So what I saw what they did to her character in The Fall of the House of Usher with that awful straight platinum blonde hair and those weird power outfits, mm-hmm. I was just like, well, there goes my only other reason for watching. And I just switched it off because not even not even she could redeem it for me. Poor she Kate. dies off so early, too. Does she? I don't mm-hmm. think I even made it that far. Is she the second or the third death? She's like the second or third one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. see, it would have been over anyway. The minute she's off screen, I'm like, meh. <laughs> meh. <laughs> well, friend, did you have anything else to update everyone on? Um. Oh, so we had talked about wanting to see A Haunting in Venice. Yes. When it came out. So I did go see it in the theaters, <gasps> and it was good. It's another fun, albeit complicated, Hercule Poirot, Agatha Christie, whodunit mystery novel type book, or type movie. And it's based on her book, Halloween Party, which I have not okay. read, so I didn't know anything about it going in. Um, but it's good. It's good sleuthing, good intrigue. It keeps you guessing. I'd say it's definitely more entertaining than scary. There's a couple okay. of jump scares in there, um, which to me are a bit annoying. I think a lot of us find them annoying, but they're kind of par for the course when you're making a movie like this for a Halloween time, too. There's a seance scene in the beginning that's probably the scariest part. So I think if you could, you could probably get through that if you have like Ooh. your partner there okay. telling you when to look yeah. away and when you can look back <laughs> again. 
But if you've seen movies like, not you, but if people have seen movies like Drag Me to Hell, this scene won't bother you at all. <laughs> no, I don't think I've seen that. You ha- you should not watch Drag okay. Me to Hell. You can- I don't think you can handle <laughs> Drag Me to Hell, which is a shame because it's a brilliant horror movie, but you should not watch that. All right. I think I might have to put up, because I keep seeing previews for Haunting of Venice. And I keep wanting to watch it, but I will put it on the daytime and I will not watch it alone. I'll also yes. probably not watch it for the next two months when I'm living with my in-laws because my in-laws live out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Where it's so dark mm. you can see the gases in the Milky Way galaxy. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so we've 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 set up rules for this okay. house day. One, never leave Kate alone in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so I will I will attempt to watch this in February or March of next year. <laughs> it's a good Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> hey, Nothing you know, says romance like snuggling together in fear. Right? Cuddles, cuddles, cuddles. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I think you I think you should give it a try because in the beginning it's scary, but then it gets into like more mystery type stuff okay. and it's just yeah. entertaining and I think you'd enjoy that part. Oh, okay. I really want to. I, I feel like you're telling me it's vibes of like haunting of Hill House. Scary. Oh, it's much tamer than Hill House. Oh, then I can totally do it. Okay. Oh, it's way tamer than that. Hill House. Is it less than Hill House? Not Hill House. His his House, right? Which one did you make me watch? His House. Oh, nothing like His House. Because I watched nothing. that thing cracked fingers the whole time. No, this is this is like Baby. This is like a step oh, okay. up from Casper, okay? Oh, I'll be fine then. Yeah. It's that one. The, the seance scene's the scariest. And there's a bathroom the scene, which oh, I don't like bathrooms. They have that that's in the a, theater. That's a necessary room, and like I don't like ghosty shit popping up in bathrooms because we all need that room. At some this point. is why it fucked me over. What did it? Oh, that's the, right. With the, the '90s mini series yeah. version, yeah, yeah. It's more, yeah. It's also the communal showers in the locker room. <laughs> There's she a lives small in the scene. Fucking drains. There's a small scene with this. It's just a jump scare, but then okay. then you're good. That's pretty much. But the it's last not scare. in the pipes, correct? It's more of just in the room. Yeah. Okay, I can handle that. Yeah. Okay. I still get scared of the pipes. I still struggle to turn my back on the water in the shower. <laughs> Do you know what scarred me as a child? Watching Ghostbusters 2, the slime one with the slime oh. river underneath the city. Uh-huh. And then she goes to run the baby a bath uh. and she turns away and the goo starts going into no. the tub. And then she turns back and there's this horrible goo creature reaching out of the bathtub. I was terrified to take a bath for years years and people wonder why we're so fucked up <laughs> oh that's a good point that's a good point <laughs> yeah yeah awesome well listeners i just want to remind you all that this will be our last content wow see i told you that i have not done blah 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 yet in this episode and it has to happen this is my <laughs> blah 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 moment Anyway, listeners, I just want to remind you all, this will be our last content recap for the year because we are taking a season break in the month of December. But don't worry, we will be returning January 4th to our regularly scheduled podcast listening. CJ and I are just here to enjoy the holidays. It's been a crazy year. Also, don't forget that we are reading Rouge by Monica Awad for the end. No, no, Mona Awad. Oh, wow. I was so focused on her last name that I totally fucked up the first name. It's Mona. Rouge by Mona Awad. And if you'd like to help and support us, you can use one of our affiliate links in the show notes to purchase it through bookshop.org. We get a small kickback at no extra cost to you. And if you're listening and watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give the video a thumbs up. We're also a podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeart. We hope you all have a great week. Until next time, friends. Bye.